1: The Lightning finished their regular season with a ton of injuries and three straight losses, including being outscored 9-1 to in the final two games to Florida. They opened their defense of their Stanley Cup against the Panthers in Sunrise. Which players will be back? Will we see Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos? And who needs to step up? We're talking bolts and playoffs with Eduardo Encina, the Lightning beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, uh, later in the week, we're going to have our popular mailbag segment. Make sure you get your questions, and it could be about anything, the Bolts, the Bucks, the Rays, college football, you name it. Here's what you do. Just send it to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And tomorrow, of course, the NFL schedules are out. Check TampaBay.com for all of that. 8 p.m. NFL Network ESPN releasing those schedules. The Bucks will play at home to start the NFL season on Thursday, September 9th. That game will be on NBC. We don't know the opponent. There's been some leaks here and there about uh, it not being the Buffalo Bills, um, but everybody else seems to be in play, perhaps the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, that will be tomorrow at 8 p.m. Uh, the NFL schedule will be released. The Lightning begin their defense of their Stanley Cup with a first-round series against the Florida Panthers. And Eduardo Encina, who covers the Bolts for Tampa Bay Times, join us now. Ed, the Bolts, uh, as I mentioned, had two very physical games at Florida to end the season. They lost both. They were outscored 9-1. to uh, I guess if you include the Dallas game, uh, even worse than that, all losses. Now tons of injuries. Pat Maroon said he want, they wanted to set a tone there against the Panthers. But how concerned should Lightning fans be about how those two games went in Florida?
0: Yeah, it, it's tough to kind of gauge because, like you said, you know they were not nearly at full strength there. And I think, you know, obviously they wanted home ice. There's no doubt about that. You know, um, you know, home ice probably means a lot more in other years, and maybe you know this one just because you know you're not going to have a you know, a packed house or anything like that, the atmosphere inside the arenas that we've seen, you know, all year, just, you know, probably isn't going to be the same. Um, There is an advantage of kind of sleeping in your own bed, an extra night, stuff like that. You know, you kind of control the pace of the series. Um, You know, you get a game seven if you need that at home. But at the same time, you know, you want to be playing well going into the playoffs and you want to be healthy. And I think that's really going into, uh, you know, the next week or so as we wait for, you know, the the playoff, uh, you know, Schedule to be ironed out officially. Um, I think that's the big thing for them. You know, they, they've got to use these days off to get healthy and to, um, you know, get to their, the you know, just physically ready for uh for, for the Florida Panthers. Like you said, a lot of physicality, a lot of hitting, um, but that's no different than what they've seen all year from teams like the Panthers, from, uh, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, from, you know, even the National Predators, Dallas Stars, things like that. This is um, I, I don't know if they necessarily expected this to be as tough a division as it was as a uh, hard checking a division as it was uh, uh, as defensive minded, a, a, a division as it was. So, you know, I think, you know, for them to get out of the, uh, you know, I think it's funny because uh, I think before the season started, everyone basically, you know, gave them the division. And I don't think anyone really thought that it would be as competitive as it was. So you know, I think for them even to get out of this division in the playoffs is going to be a really you know you know big uh, big obstacle for them, just because of, of what uh you know what what how these teams play, and they they do they present tough matchups for lighting. So, um, but at the end of the day, you know if they're healthy, if you get back the guys who you think you're going to get back, AKA you know the Kita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos, um, you know those are uh, I think Joe Coinville said. Uh, yesterday when I asked him about how, you know, the the lightning might be different in the postseason, he said, uh, you know, you feel like you're paying Texas Holden and all of a sudden you got two aces in your pocket, (laughs) Uh, meaning when you get guys like Sam Coase and Kucherov back. So, um, you know, that would be huge for this team. And obviously at the end of the day, uh, you know, they are the Stanley Cup champions and, you know, this team knows how to do it. They know how to win. They did it in under extraordinary circumstances in the bubble And, uh, you know, they have that card also, that wild card, if we're talking about poker play, uh, that that no one else really has. So uh, it'll be really interesting going forward.
1: We'll get into uh, uh, Nikita Kucherov and Stamkos and a lot of the injuries uh, that they sustained there at the end of the season. Um, Just quickly going back to uh, Florida in the final game of the regular season, you wrote about this. I thought it was really neat and and not a story that's insignificant. Um, One thing that did happen was Daniel Walcott – was called up to make his NHL debut. He was put on a line uh, with Jamel Smith and Matthew Joseph, believed to be the first all black forward line to start an NHL game. Just you talk to those guys. How significant was that? And, you know, it was something that John Cooper didn't announce. You know, it, it, it just happened in the natural flow of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of things had to happen for that to happen. And one was, you know, the opportunity. You know, Andre Pallad was hurt, he was kind of a game time decision. You know, Daniel Walcott found out, you know, pretty late in the game that know he was going to play for Andre Pilat And, you know, a big thing is a guy, when he's making his NHL debut, you know, sometimes a lot of times you want to make sure he gets on the ice quick, you know, so you can get used to, you know, just the pace of an NHL game. So there was that part. And, you know, Matthew Joseph and Jamel Smith, they're, you know, two of his best friends, you know, coming up. They played together in Syracuse last year. And um, so there were a lot of other things that, that went into it. But ultimately, John Cooper had to say, hey, you know, th- this is, this is going to be something that, uh, you know, we want to do. And it's something that's going to be, you know, relevant. And it's, uh, you know, it's amazing to, to think, you know, I know, uh, you know, hockey isn't the most diverse of sports. We know that. And um, I know a, a lot of black players feel on, like they're on islands a lot because there's not many, very, very many people, you know, of color in playing hockey and especially at the highest level. So, um, to see for each of those guys to see two other black players on their forward lines with them, I think that's pretty cool. And like, um, I think that's something that it is amazing because we couldn't really find out and and absolutely confirm that that was the first time that's happened. But, um, it is amazing to think of how, how often, uh, how rare the feat is, you know, I think, uh, the, the the Atlanta Thrashers, the old Atlanta, not old Atlanta Thrashers, but the former Atlanta Thrashers had, uh, you know, four black players start. Um, but a forward line, there's no record of that, of, of three of a a, forward, a starting forward line consisting of three black players. So that was really cool. And I think both all those guys, they're all guys who grew up, you know, getting inspiration from guys like Jerome McGinley and, mm-hmm. and players like that who, you know, showed them, hey, you know, you can, you can do this. And I think they all really embrace the idea that um, together they could be a part of something special and that maybe, you know, they could impact, you know, other kids uh, coming up and saying like, Hey, it's, it's, it's not just, you know, one or two players. Look, I, there's an entire, you know, forward line there of, you know, people who look like me. And and that, you know, that, that, that can give them a, you know, some, uh yeah, you know, some inspiration. So I, I thought it was, you know, you know I me. Mean? I mean, I thought it was really cool, and I thought it was probably one of the coolest things that, you know, happened this year. You know, to yeah. be honest with you. And um, you know, it's a lot of things had to happen. A lot of things had to happen for it to actually, you know, come to fruition. But um, like I said, I, I thought that's really cool, especially given, uh, you know, the, the 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 lack of diversity in the game, but also knowing that like, you know, things are happening and there is some some progress here.
1: Yeah, I mean Walcott, with what he's been through making it to the n h l in yeah. general is a great accomplishment. His own story was Absolutely. great, and then you add Smith and joseph to to that forward line, and I thought John Cooper said it well that you know uh, the hope is that in the not too distant future this won't even be noticed it won't be a story so to speak and 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 yet, I know all those guys. Um, you could see that they had a lot of pride that uh, that they were able to make a little bit of history in that game. All right, let's let's get into some of these. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned, of course, uh, Nikita Kucherov, who hasn't played in seven months, um, been working uh, with the team for some time. Steven Stamkos has been out for five weeks. Do we do we expect one or both back? And what what would you um, anticipate in terms of conditioning, if not production? I mean, obviously. There's, you know, game speed. Um, Stamkos has played this year. Kucherov has not. But their skill is undeniable. So w- where will they make the most impact if, if they do come back?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the big thing with Kucherov is that obviously he hasn't played all year long, right? So getting used to the, the pace, the physicality, the the, the switch that, that turns on in the postseason, I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the biggest question. I don't think there's a question of his conditioning or anything like that. I think he's gotten to the point now where where he's there. Now, having said that, like, you know it is tough I think it is tough coming back at the end at the end of a season because especially this one, because there's not that many practices. There's really mm. not that many opportunities to like run with your team, basically and and be yeah. able to kind of simulate that kind of uh, you know game feel. You know uh, a couple of days ago, you know was the last practice that they had recently, and your boy Gronk showed up, <laughs> and he just kind of stole the show. And yeah. you know, on the other side of the arena, while Gronk's like you know skating around with like a, you know, like a like a baby uh, baby fawn on the ice, like basically the the power play unit is is you know kind of quietly practicing on the other side of the field with Skankos and Kucherov there. So kind <laughs> of a little bit of a misdirect there because um, we were all looking at, at at Gronk and they were practicing the power play unit. Probably the first time that those guys have actually work together on the power play unit, meaning Stamkos and Kucherov, you know, since last year, you know, so, um, but I think that, you know, obviously c- conditioning it, it will be something that you, know, you do wonder about. And, uh, but, you know, a guy like Kucherov, you know, I think, you know, he's one of the top five players in the world, you know, I don't think that, yeah. that he'll uh, he'll have difficulty coming back from that, but um, you know, I think that a, t- a tough call is who, who do you sit when you bring these two guys back? You know, uh, you know, it's just a thing right, where right. You know, as good as Ross Colton has been, as good as uh, Alex Barbule has been, um, do, do those guys have to kind of take a back seat, you know, and th- that's the good thing and a bad thing. You know, you, you always want that depth in your roster. Uh, the, the games that those guys have gotten have been invaluable to them because now they've seen, they've, they've performed well under the, the NHL uh, spotlight per se, you know, another thing, you know, Tyler Johnson, he hasn't had the best, Season in the world, I think everyone knows that. I think Tyler would say the you know say the same thing about it. You know, is is he a guy who's kind of you know towards the, the lighter edge of that of that you know kind of chopping block? Mitchell Stevens came back recently. Um, you know, he had to sit for a couple of days while um, you know he's played a couple of days ago, but um, you know he's a guy who offers uh, an incredible uh, asset as as a faceoff guy, and that's something that they've struggled with since Stamkos has been out. So. Little things like that, a lot of little decisions that have to be made. But I think, you know, the, the best case scenario for the Lightning is that all these guys are healthy and, the, and you have to make these tough decisions. You know, um, you know Barkley Goodrow, you know, kind of a mysterious injury, out indefinitely after that physical game on Saturday night. We have no idea, you know, whether he'll be back. Uh, again, Audrey um he got hit with, with a puck uh, on Saturday. He didn't play on, on Monday. So, and obviously, you know, Victor Hedman. Uh, right. who, you know, and next to, you know, and next to Andre Vasilevsky might be the one guy who, you know, you really can't miss. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, it's, he's tough to replace. So, um, you know, there's so many guys right now that are banged up that, um, you know, it, I think the, the hope is, you know, you get these off days, everyone gets the rest up, you know, no one's going to be 100%, but at, you know, this is a playoff, it's adrenaline, you know how it is, like the, flip, the, the switch kind of flips, and um, that these guys can all be available and then you have to make some tough decisions. But in terms of, of Stamkos and Kucherov, um, I think there's probably a little bit more question about Stamkos and Kucherov just because, and only because, you know, I think at the same time last year, we were kind of hearing the same thing from him in terms of trending in the right direction. Right. And then obviously we know how that shook out. We only saw him for, you know, 247 and, and had a great 247 that it was, but um, <laughs> you know, he, he obviously didn't play uh, very much. Uh in the postseason, so um, you know, and just his injury history, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just going to be one of the things we're, we're really not going to know until we see it. You know, and um, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, they're going to take a couple days off, and I think probably Wednesday or Thursday when they hit the ice is, I think, is when we're going to really see, you know, where these guys are kind of all at. You know, but um, that we're definitely going to have those the check sheets checking everyone off to make sure, you know, that they're at practice or not on when they come back, whether that's you know Wednesday, Thursday, whenever it is.
1: Yeah, tough decisions, but good decisions to have if you get them both back. And yeah. Tyler, John- Tyler Johnson, you mentioned went what twenty-two games a goalless streak until he broke that recently. Uh, yeah. Ross Gol- Colton, who is known as Ross Colton in my house or Babe, <laughs> I, I, my 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 two young girls uh, fawn over him. But uh, that would be a, a tough one to swallow as well. But they do have depth, and that's that's the good thing. You know, speaking of Headman, um, clearly there may not be a more valuable player outside of. Uh, andre Vasilevsky, right to this to this hockey team uh, right. for all that he does uh for the lightning, and yet there was reports as you know ed uh, in covering the team that that he had been playing uh with an injury, and a lot of people do this is This is not a surprise that guys might be injured, but they say for more than a month it might go back uh to a March thirtieth game, and you know since that that game incidentally the the lightning are twelve. Nine and one, in part because Hedman wasn't one hundred percent and has now missed games. So uh, we've seen him tough it out before. I mean, I remember last year at the start of the playoffs, he went skating off on one leg and slammed a stick against the glass. I thought we'd never see him again. He wound up almost, you know, uh, having the greatest you know playoff you could imagine. So Hedman is just one of those guys you expect to be there, right? And it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like much will keep him away.
0: Yeah, I remember exactly the game that you're talking about, I think in one of the play ins or the you know, the qual you know, whatever those those first three games were in the in the pre season in right. the bubble that, you know, he he, he kinda t- twisted up and, you know, his plan stick up there and you're like, Man, I thought it was over, you know? I mean yeah. the, the the reaction that he has. And the thing is like the thing about Victor Hedman too is like he's such he's hard to keep off the ice. When we didn't see him the other night, it was, you know, almost startling because you almost just expect him to be out there no matter what. And you know, and I don't think many people know because uh, just because of how, you know, his his persona and how, you know, just kind of how his, 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 how he presents himself is how competitive he is. And he yeah. is probably, the, he might be the most competitive guy on the team. So it's really hard to keep him off the ice, you know. And yeah. so that says something in itself in, in terms of how banged up he, he have been or how much they wanted to get him maybe some extra time to recuperate. Of, you know, coming off of a, of a long, of a long season, and and like you said, I mean, the one thing about about Victor Hedman too is, you know, you go back to that date. I think it was March thirtieth, where we were talking about where, where maybe that that injury took place, and you know, since then you kind of saw the team kind of go up and down, mm-hmm. and I, I remember a stretch there where uh, you know they had had a specifically a, you know a pretty rough game or a pretty rough stretch, and you know, I think it was after a couple of losses in Detroit to Detroit, I think, and. Right you know, he put it all on him. He was like, it, it starts mm-hmm. with me, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, that, that's kind of the leader the Victor heaven says, it's no excuses. It's no um, you know, he, he wants to be the one who leads the accountability train, I guess, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so having said that, I think it's going to be very difficult to think that he's not going to play now um, because he wants to be out there and he wants to be the one that's held accountable. He doesn't want to be the one, the reason why they, they lose too. You know, I think, this team, I think, because they learned how to win and, you know, we, we've all seen the the, the the way, like, their path, right? And even going back to, you know, 2015 and 2019 and, you know, the, the disappointment of, of, you know, being close or being the team that everyone thought was going to win. And then them winning it actually, you know, actually winning the Stanley Cup last year. But this team still has the mentality where I truly think that, like, they hate losing more than they <laughs> – Actually enjoy winning. Enjoy winning, yeah. And and, and and it's one of those things that is kind of a mentality with this team, and, and I think Victor Hedman kind of leads that um, in a lot of ways. He hates losing, uh, even if it's like a, a little competition or a scrimmage like that in practice. Uh, if he loses that, he's he's mad. So, um, but I, I think it's gonna be really tough to, to keep him off the off the ice. Uh, and like you said, you know, besides Andre Vasilevsky, um, he's he's the the most important guy on the ice in terms of you Really can't replace them, and I think we saw that the past couple of days. You know, as much as there were a lot of you know guys on that D line who you know were you know hadn't played together very much or hadn't played much at all, um, you know, Victor Hedman being back there adds a sense of calm. And there's things that he can do on some of those odd man rushes or some of those breakaways with the way he positions his length, the way he can break up a breakaway that other guys can't do. So, without him there it's a lot different. So, um, you know, I think, I think that'll, you know, you see that when he's not there, but I think that it's going to be really, really tough to to keep him away because uh, especially when, when the stakes get high Uh, and I guarantee you, no matter what uh, he, these two games in in Florida did not sit well with him, (laughs) you know, uh, even, even if, if it was just quote unquote, just for home ice advantage, like they did not sit well with him at all
1: yeah and that's probably true but mostly mostly for him you you know we talk about andre Vasilevsky all the time he's the best goaltender in the world i don't think there's any question about that he played every game in the playoffs a year ago um look they've they've had some struggles with with the number of injuries scoring that that's no secret Mm -hmm. and yet he has managed to keep them um over the top most nights is it possible that he may loom even larger in the postseason this year than he did even last year and and I, I, I think he even, you know, like a lot of great players, Eduardo. He elevates his game for these for these moments, right? As great as he is, and he yeah. is great. Um, he was even better last year when they got to the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He definitely when that when that you know proverbial switch is turned on, he definitely elevates his game. And he's a guy who you know, like most really good goaltenders, they thrive when they get a lot of action. You know. Yes. Uh, the, the, one of the big things of Vassie is that he actually would struggle, you know, you know, maybe a few years ago, he would struggle when he was, wasn't getting contested very much. You know, he would struggle mm-hmm. the games when he was facing 16 shots, you know, mm-hmm. but he would be great when he was facing 40, you know, <laughs> but he, and that's one of the, the things of his growth over the past few years is from period to period, he's been, there's been games this year when, you know, he got maybe, you know, five or six shots on him in the first period, maybe five in the second period. And then, all of a sudden the third period, you know, like most teams would, you know, there's a little bit of a rush and he's there to, to, to stop it all. It's 20 shots, whatever it is. And right. uh, I think that's the big thing of his growth uh, you know, over the years. And I think that's something that, that helped him in the postseason. And th- the thing about, about him is, is I think that, uh, you know, and it's hard to qualify how much, what guys get out of winning a Stanley cup. But when you hear people talk about Vasilevsky and just, you know, the preparedness that he has and everything like that, like they, by seeing the reaping the reward of their efforts and everything that they've done, it shows to them that it was worth it. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. his process of, uh, and he's a process guy. I mean, you you know the Bolts well, Rick. I mean, they're the the process over outcome team, right? Sure. Um, And they, you know, his process was rewarded by the way he played in the Stanley Cup. And he can draw from that and, and build on it. And that's one thing that Vasilevsky kinda did this year. You know, he had an outstanding beginning of the season, you know, and then uh and he saved he saved them in, you know, countless games. You know, there were countless right. games when um you know he he kinda got left on an island in a period and, and he mm-hmm. he stopped shots that other goalies don't stop, you know, and you know, sure. poor Curtis McElhenney, you know, having to fill in for him some nights gets gets a rap because he can't stop some of those shots, but those are just shots that no other goaltender in the world is stopping. But, um, you know, I think that the the thing about Vasilevsky that's interesting is that he continues, he continues to improve in ways that maybe aren't that obvious, but show in big moments. And I think, um, you know, I think the big thing this year was there were a lot of, a lot of games when he wasn't getting much action early on. And then, Uh, but he was able to, you know, basically, you know, put his head in the right spot to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to face a lot of shots in the third, or it it might've been the second, whatever period it was. And that he was able to to make those big, big saves when he needed to. And, um, you know, I I honestly don't know where this team would be without him. (laughs) Um, It'd be interesting to to kind of see, and it's hard to quantify, um, but, you know, without him, I, I don't know where they'd be. I don't, I'm not, I'm not even quite sure that they'd be a playoff team, to be honest with you, without right. without him in that.
1: You know? I don't dis- I don't disagree with you, Eduardo. I, I have said that yeah. some nights, and I, as, as talented as a lot of their players are, they're the sum of their parts, right, whether you're talking about yeah. Braden, Braden Point or Stamko's when he's healthy, Kucherov hasn't played this year, um, a lot of talented guys. But without Vasilevsky, uh, truly I don't know if they're an average team, a playoff team, but they're certainly way lesser than they are um so, With him, you know, it's interesting. Florida and I think, and I think Rick, Rick too.
0: I think that, like you, you, I think you'd you'd hear the same thing in their dressing room too. You
1: know, what mm-hmm. I mean, I don't
0: think that's a, a something that's lost on on the players in the dressing room. I think that that's something that they they know how big of a part he is to their success on a day to day day to day uh, basis. You know. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, you talked about the division, and obviously, Carolina finished first. They they, they were very good, cool. especially against uh, the Lightning at times. Florida looks like a totally different team than what we're used to seeing. It's a, it's a, a nice budding rivalry if they can maintain it. Um, but they have a a Stanley Cup champion coach in Joel Quinville. Um, yep. What's what's the biggest thing that that should concern the Lightning? We talk. We know this is a physical series. We know that's going to happen. But what what's the biggest thing that they should be wary of uh, with Florida, who has some former Lightning players playing well for them as well?
0: Right. Well, I think the the thing with Florida is that there are teams that. Um, and so the other day, I asked uh, Radko Gudas, who was a former Lightning, one of those former Lightning right. players, and I said, you know, how much cuz there were so many new new faces uh, you know Bill Zito the, the GM there like basically overhauled the roster you know made yeah. a lot of signings a couple of trades um and it is a, a new group and you you never really know how those groups gel but uh, you know I asked him about that and he said that you know that actually a lot of the the strict protocols that that they've had this year because of covid which you know on the road you really can't do much or basically all hanging out together in in a meal room or at the arena or at the practice facility or at the hotel, uh, actually helped them, you know, and, and that actually helped them to bond more, you know, all these kind of personalities came together, and then that came together on the ice and it, it took a while for them, but, you know, I think they're a team that gets danger, more and more dangerous by the day. And the more confidence they have, you know, the more they, they can kind of puff their chest after some of these physical games, uh, you know, that they've been playing and that, that this, you know, this division has kind of been about this year. Um, I think that's the thing they've got to worry about. You know, I don't think, I don't think, don't think that any, that they're afraid of the lightning by any means, which, you know, I'm not saying a team, you know, a team should be afraid of the lightning, but you know, they're still the guys with the crown, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. but, but, but at the end of the day, like, I think that, that they're a team that really looks at it from a different perspective of like, listen, like that was last year and, and we've got a pretty dang good team this year and, and we've shown it and we've shown it again to them. So, um, mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, the big thing is for the Lightning and games one and two is going to be, you know, that whole process over outcome, you know, and even if they lose game one or lose game two or something like that, it's feeling good about their game. You know, I think, you know, if Florida manages to make the Lightning not feel good about their game in those first two, uh, first two games, like, I think that can be dangerous for them. And And, um, you know, I'm not saying that could be like, you know, the whole Columbus series over again, but... You don't, in the postseason, you don't want to give another team confidence that they can beat you as a favorite. You know, you just don't want that. And then, obviously, not to connect those – I'm not intentionally connecting those things, but obviously, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky, who was the goaltender for the Blue Jackets that year in 2000, yeah. uh, in 2019, you know, he's the goaltender for the Panthers now, and he's had some pretty good showings, you know, and he has a record of success against those guys in the postseason. So, uh, you know, and, and and like, you know, you know, the one thing you don't want to run into in the postseason is a really hot goaltender. So and that develops over the course of a series. It can come and go. So I think those are the two things that you gotta be aware of. But, you know, the Panthers play fast, they play confidently, they play physically. Um they're, they're a tough team and uh, you know, they they've had some injuries that kind of you thought might might, you know, mess them up a little bit. They lost one of their top defensemen, uh Ekblad for For the year, and then Mackenzie Weger just kind of steps in and raises his game to another level. I mean, Mackenzie is kind of like, you know, Victor Hedman Light a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he, you know, he's a guy who very offensively minded, steps up in plays, you know, great. He's a great passer, you know, line to line, and, uh, you know, a 200, a true 200 foot defenseman. So, um, you know, I think those kind of guys you're going to have to be careful of. And like I said, they're fast, they check. They do a lot of things that, that can cause you some trouble if you, if you get a little lazy with the puck, you know, and I think that's, that's a big thing too, is that, you know, the puck possession is going to be key, uh, you know, dominating the zone, you know, general stuff like that. But, you know, one thing I think is you don't want to give the Florida Panthers uh, confidence as this season, as this series kind of builds. you know, you want to kind of right. knock them down a little bit right from the beginning.
1: Is there uh, Eduardo? We'll get, we'll get you out of here on a couple more. Is there a unit or uh, or some kind of uh, maybe a player we've talked about a lot of the players that that you'll be watching that need to step up or improve uh, their game in the playoffs for uh, for the Lightning to really go? I, I mean, obviously we've talked about the goaltender, but is it the power play? Is it the penalty kill? Is it staying out of the box? Like what what would be some of the keys you think for the Lightning?
0: Yeah, a couple things that just kind of stick to mind, you know, right away is obviously the, is the penalties, you know. I mean, it's one thing mm-hmm. getting into a physical, you know, game and and standing up for other guys. But, yeah. you know, recently one thing that's kind of been a bugaboo for them have, have been too many penalties and too many, like, just kind of silly penalties. A lot of stick penalties, high mm-hmm. sticks, cross checks, stuff like that, that like, you know, some tripping penalties that like, you know, just good teams – really don't do too much of. And they're, they're, they've been a team over the years that, that gets a lot of penalties on them. But I think, you know, this is a team that has to kind of – they have to stay out of the box more than, than, than they've been. And they've kind of gotten away with it because they've had a pretty good penalty kill. Now, having said that, you know, if Barkley Goodtrow doesn't play, you know, he's one of their top penalty killers. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you lose a big part of that there. Um, mm-hmm. And – you know, I, I just think that that's one thing they've got to, they've got to stay out of the box a little bit more, you know, and that's not trying, you know, anything, but the physicality part of it, it's just kind of the stupid stick penalties. Sometimes they, they've committed. And then in terms of a guy who I'd like to see, you know, step up is probably Anthony Sorelli. And I say Mm -hmm. that not in the sense that he's paying poorly because again, when we talk about 200 foot players, you know, Anthony Sorelli is one of the best ones because he does a lot of things on the forecheck and, on the defensive end that forwards don't do, but, uh, you know, he started off and he had, he looked like he was going to have, you know, just an incredible season. And then he got hurt and he got a little bit banged up and his game kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, And he's one of those guys too, that, you know, he hasn't scored a lot lately, but he's had his chances. So a lot like, you know, Tyler Johnson, you know, he's had his chances. He's, he's had some good looks at the net. Um, but he hasn't been able to capitalize on them. I think, you know, if he, if he can get a couple to go in, whether they're some of those grimy goals where it's just a, you know, a deflection or a rebound or something like that, I think that can kind of start to get yep. him going. Um, I mean, I think that's the hope of Tyler Johnson, too. He had that goal a couple of nights ago um, on, on something like that, a, a, a puck that basically wasn't even int- – it was actually intended for Sorelli and hit off a guy's skate and just landed right at his feet, and he had a nice shot, wide-open shot in the slot. And scored his first goal in I think well, it was a 21 or 22 games something like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think both of those kind of guys you want to see uh, want to see them you know for themselves just kind of see something some kind of reward offensively that's positive. And I think that'll help them going going again. And like I said, Sorelli is a great 200 200 foot player. He's great defensively. He's one of those guys who just you know he doesn't stop. And but you, you I for his own confidence you'd like to see him, you know, get rewarded with something, you know, go in the net a couple of times.
1: Yeah, also that he has shown that hustle and has scored in the past shorthanded yes. as well. Um, one of their better uh, goal scorers that way. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm going to Vegas, so I'm going to have to have uh, some idea of how this series is going to go. Um, oh, you see, a, you see a long. Do you see a long one? I mean, does do we do we get to a game seven where the home ice then may become a factor? Or um, you, this seems to me like because they're so familiar with each other, Eduardo, we're in for a longer series than a shorter one. Yeah, I
0: think so too. I mean, I, I think you know, I think it's pretty obvious early on that like whether you know, they were going to get Florida whether they are going to get Carolina in the first round, yeah. like they were going to be in for a test, you know, and I think, yeah. you know, I think this, this series can definitely go, you know, six or seven games. Sure. And, you know, I think we're going to see a little bit of, 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 you know, ups and downs as we do with a lot of those longer series. And right. uh, I mean, I'm, if I think that there's a big if here, you know, I think if they're healthy and I think that's yeah. the thing that yeah. we don't quite know yet, you know, if, yeah. if you have Victor Hedman, if you have Steven Stamkos, if you have Nikita Kucherov, if you have Andre Palat, you know, those guys, I I think they'll, they'll, you know, th- this is a, this is a, a win in six or win in seven series, but it's going to be tough because again, like the, the Panthers aren't the best matchup for them. You know what I mean? Just because uh, they do so many things that can kind of, you know, make, make you make, give you, make you have a long day. So, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, I think there's a big if here. And, and maybe this is, you know, maybe we'll be looking back on this in two weeks and thinking like, well, that's why, you know, he didn't play in this game or that, you know, these guys didn't play in that game, you know, cause sure. you know Now they look great. So, but I think, you know, right now we have to treat it as like a big if. And like I said, if those guys are, are healthy, you know, I, I think this is. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's as good as Florida is. I don't think that they can, uh, you know, they, they can be win in a seven in a best of seven kind of format against
1: these guys. Yeah, I'd agree. I think the health is going to be the biggest thing for the Lightning. Um he is Eduardo Encina, my buddy cop. You can read him in the Tampa Bay Times as the uh Stanley Cup champions begin defensive that against Florida in sunrise. You'll be there. Thanks, Eduardo. Anytime, buddy cop, anytime. Tomorrow the NFL schedules are out. Make sure you check it out on Tampa and on the Tampa Bay Times, 8 p.m., NFL Network ESPN releasing those schedules. The Bucs will host the first game of the season, September 9th, on a Thursday night. The, uh, the NBC crew with Tony Dungy, of course, as a studio uh, host. And uh, you got uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth will be on the call with that. Uh, we'll uh, let you know as well, uh, just looking at the schedule, whether the Bucks are about to go 17-0. I'm sure they will. Uh, the Rays continue their series with the Yankees. And then on Friday, remember, we have a mailbag. Um, you can uh, submit your questions uh, to us online on Twitter at day TV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. NFL schedule tomorrow. For Steve Burstynck, and Stroud the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.